Welcome to the Gourds and Pomegranates podcast, talking common sense for church communications. Here's Hannah and Joe. So this week, uh, when we're recording, we have been together at the podcast show in London, which I think yeah. is possibly the most pretentious way to spend a Thursday. I mean, it was good. It just, we are a very small podcast and that's fine, you know, but there were some big name people there or big companies felt very small fish in a big pond. Yeah, it was it was definitely overwhelming in, in that sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to spoil the magic here, but like us being in the same room isn't that frequent a thing. You know, we're in different parts of the country and we don't record the podcast in the same room together. So yeah, I hope that doesn't spoil it too much for you. We, we do most things these days online and the podcast is one of them. But it was it was still it was a really good event. It was good to be together. Yeah, it was inspiring. Like yeah. I feel optimistic, and even though we are a very specific niche, actually, when we were talking about gourds and pomegranates, people were like, "Oh no, that sounds really cool!" Like, yeah, that's you know, don't stop kind of thing. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, it's good. You know, even just talking about the podcast is is a gospel opportunity in itself, right? Yeah. But yeah, we, we I think we picked up some um, some tips and things that we can do not only to improve the podcast for you listening, but to help grow it and, you know, spread it to new people. And that's not something we want to do just for the sake of becoming these sort of million dollar podcasters where we can, you know, have our private jets and, and all of the whole YouTuber <laughs> lifestyle. But we genuinely want to see this grow so that we can help more people to be spreading uh, God's kingdom through, you know, how they're using comms in their churches and and in the small things. You know, we, we've never been about trying to take people who have got these massive comms teams to the next level. We really want to help at the ground level and helping people who maybe it's just literally the one person, maybe it's even just the pastor who, who's doing the comms and helping you to do it better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't lie, my voice has sort of taken a bit of a beating over the last week or so that You've done maybe a lot you of can, can tell that through the mic. Maybe you'll yeah, maybe you'll tell it, be able to tell more as the episode goes on. But yeah, through networking and phone calls and another conference last week, my voice is I mean, it had completely gone last week. So at least it's it's back a little bit now. Um and I can't really blame podcasting too much for, for that. <laughs> When you end could have ended up being Hannah and Barry White recording an episode. <laughs> so this is it, though, our final episode of series two. Who'd have believed that we'd have actually got this far? That's very rude. I mean, no one wanted us to go this far, but it is really exciting that we 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 could say we we're now looking towards series three. But it feels like this series was a lot busier and slightly more complicated because we had guests on, which was very exciting. And it's been such a joy to be able to chat to different people, hear their stories, expand on the topics that we think are important for church communications. And there is so much that we can talk about, we could explore, we can suggest, we can recommend. There is so much that we can do as communicators. And sometimes it's hard to know what to make a priority. Mm. which then loops back to the question that we started in episode one of series two is it worth the time do it efficiently but don't wear yourself out yeah there's i mean there's a lot of pressures um that go along with doing church comms as as a role Mm. um you know i don't want to touch too much on mental health um and there's certainly a lot of resources out there but it can have an impact on you and especially with comms often being quite a solitary role Mm. not that it has to be 
you know, we've talked before about getting others involved. We've talked about making your comms meetings enjoyable rather than something to dread. I mean, that might still feel like a little bit of a luxury when generally your, your comms meetings only have one person in them. Yeah. But even then, it doesn't have to be solitary. Um, you know, there's support out there. There's communities that you can join and, and not just your favorite podcast that happens to be about churches and have fruit and veg in the title. So we break it down into two parts. Joe, you're first going to look at things your church leaders can do, and then I'll speak on things that us as comms people can do. Yeah. So first of all, then, things that you as a church leader can do to help your comms people. So if you are a comms person listening to this first half, feel free to pass this on to your church leader and hopefully it'll be helpful. So first of all, I've called this bit Equip and Resource. This might take budget, but invest in your communicators. You know, suggest that they are looking about what resources are out there to help them. Now, that could be events or courses. Um, we don't have loads in this country, but they are out there. Obviously, your budgets aren't unlimited. So mm. that big American weekend retreat with the beaches and the golf courses on the island resort, that might be out of the question. But just being able to meet with others in similar roles can be really uplifting for your volunteers. And yeah. I do think you can see a real direct impact on what your comms people are putting out there for your church. Um, so it's definitely worth looking at events. And then investing and equipping goes for tools as well. So if your volunteers have found a tool that can help their work, that can reduce their stress, try not to make it too difficult to actually make it happen for them. Um, talk to them about different options. You know, perhaps if they're suggesting an expensive tool that isn't realistic, you can help find something in the middle that, that isn't necessarily free, but meets some of the needs that they're trying to, to meet there. Mm. Or it might be that actually just by talking to them, it might persuade you that even though it is expensive, it's worth the investment for the impact it will have for them and for the church as a knock-on. And I think a real key here is to listen. Uh, what are the things that your comms person or your comms team are struggling with? Is there anything that you can do to help them? This might include practical issues like the amount of work that they have. Um, they might be struggling with prioritization. So you, you can talk through those things. And whether or not you feel you have much to add, you know, they won't be expecting you to solve big technical or content problems. But mm. just being a sounding board might be a much bigger help than you realize. Yeah, absolutely. And it might go deeper as well. It might be that there are other things that are affecting them that you didn't know about that aren't comms issues um, that are deeper things. So as redundant as this might sound to advise this to church leaders, practice listening and pastoring your flock. And so the second thing then is to encourage. And that's obviously related to the first and, and all these things are all tied up together. But wanted to remind you that words go a long way. So let your volunteers know that you appreciate their work. Mm. Remind them that they're making a real difference and not just a difference in terms of doing a job so that you don't have to or that someone else doesn't have to, but they're working for God and not for men. Comms is a vital gospel work and it's part of the church's ministry, helping you to reach people that might not have heard your message otherwise. Obviously, this doesn't just go for comms volunteers. So why not think about having something like an event or a dinner where you can get people together and thank them for all the work they're doing. Mm. I know that I've found that when you know the leadership is behind you and appreciates your hard work, it's a real motivation. Yeah. Not just as a well done, but as a, okay, it's recognized that this is worthwhile what I'm doing here. So I want to keep working at this. Yeah. 
And then encouragement might also look like sharing blogs or articles that you come across with, with new ideas um, to consider for your church's communications. Just remember to do this as part of a wider supportive conversation. Otherwise, it might feel like you're just putting additional pressure on those who are serving. Like if you're giving them new ideas, they might feel like they're not doing good enough. So you don't want them to feel guilty that their comms output isn't matching up to the things that you're suggesting. But yeah, just helpfully sharing uh, articles and tips and resources that you come across. Mm. And then the last thing is to pray. <laughs> and again, it might seem a little bit redundant telling church leaders to pray, but pray for your communicators. You know, we've talked about this in our Cover It In Prayer episode, and I think it's something which is absolutely vital to, to church. Mm. Um, so pray for your communicators, pray that they can be encouraged, pray that they can be efficient with their work, going, talking about that prioritization we mentioned, and pray that they'll be fruitful. But also pray for the work that they're doing and the actual results and the impact of it, that it would return a harvest, mm. whether or not you see that directly. Yeah. So hopefully these are things which are helpful for you as a church leader to equip your people and, and help them and just, yeah, take care of them. Mm. So then on to the things that you, as someone in a comms role, can do to take care of yourself. And we're going to split these into bigger things and smaller things. Small things first, you know, things that you can do in the moment to help you rather than bigger things which are more of a, a, of a lifestyle thing. And as I've said, we don't want to go too deep into the mental health route here. We can certainly recommend that if you feel that you are struggling in that way, that there are lots of resources that you can look up. Mm. But there are definitely little things that are worth mentioning that you can do to, to help you in your role. So, Hannah. Okay. So I do a monthly webinar resource session with the Baptists together called First Fridays for comms people, those serving in comms responsibilities within their church um, or association. We recently did a session on mental well-being, especially for those engaging with digital, both personally and professionally. And there was a few things that I wrote for that session that I found really helpful sort of since having done them and thought actually they're quite good and applicable, quick applicable things to share. So one of the things that I'm probably guilty of is being verging on kind of addicted to my phone, which is not a good thing. So I'm very aware and intentional of trying to take time off from my screen or looking at a screen, whether that's phone or computer or laptop or whatever. And actually, I found a Who article sharing, actually, it's quite scary, a list of the huge amount of physiological and emotional toll that we can have from overuse of screen time. And we'll share it in the show notes, but actually it was quite scary of all the different things that it can affect, like sleep and diet and just general well-being and stuff like that. So like, yeah, make sure that actually you're spending time away from a screen. So clearly, you know, we do need to make intentional efforts that we are taking time off from our screens. Uh, and that doesn't mean that you can stop looking at your computer to go watch TV, actually just don't look at anything. But when we do use them, it's important that we actually sort of are mindful in our use of digital resources. So I'm going to list it. I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to recommend go and watch our first Friday session um, where we talk about it a lot more. But for our physiological health, we need to make sure that we're taking regular breaks for, you know, our eyes, that we're not looking at a screen, that you're looking at different distances, but also sort of thinking about your posture, your chairs. What are you sitting on? Are you standing desk? 
Mike had a great book suggestion and a series of demo photos of different ways to sit. Not all looked particularly practical, especially on a <laughs> swivel chair, um, which is quite funny, but is well worth going and having a look at it. Also thinking about kind of natural light, you know, windows, blue light as well. Are we sort of not being surrounded only by that? So just making sure that actually we are not sat in a crouched position in the same position, just constantly staring at our screens that we are moving and sort of making sure to set reminders for that. And there's small things that are easy to do, but they need to become part of habits to become useful. You know, yeah. it's, it's no good looking away from your screen, doing the whole 20-20-20 thing of every 20 minutes looking away mm. um, for 20 seconds at something 20 metres away. That's great. If you do it once a day, it's probably not going to make a difference yeah. in you at all. The whole point is it's every 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of easy to do. I think the emotional stuff is a little bit harder. And I'm, I kind of call it, for us souls, are we keeping it light? Because I am guilty of my phone and my digital activity taking up a huge attention of my life, which I don't always want, but I need to make sure that what I'm doing is I am aware that it is not always as serious as it needs to be. And actually that I am balancing my regulated time. So my work time, with also my unregulated time so that I am not just as soon as I finished work going and scrolling online, that actually I am going and doing something different, that my attention is not always on that. It's also been interesting as the internet usage and content creation has exploded in how we are entertained and educated, that actually our attention spans have significantly gone down as users. So with TikTok videos and reels and stuff, short videos, that's all that we want to watch. We can't even watch a sort of five minute video about something. So actually we need to make sure that we're spending time deep in work, whether that's reading, gardening or something, but we don't have to every two seconds check our phones. Sabbath time and screen-free days as well. I know we mentioned kind of Sabbath in a minute, but actually, again, the not feeling I have to check everything and I am taking time away and off my phone. But then when we are having to be online, I have no notifications other than direct messages. I'm still terrible at going back to people, but every time I get a notification on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, that doesn't ping on my phone. So actually I am not overwhelmed with ping, 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 ping of stuff coming through. And the same with email notifications and things like that, that actually I have to go into my emails to check it rather than I see the kind of like red number of doom that is constantly growing. And that's going to be different for, for everyone, but yeah. I think doing it in a considered way and finding that balance is is really important yeah yeah you know i certainly have some notifications that come through in my day but if i hadn't gone through that process of thinking what do i need to see and what do i not need to see i'd get a lot more notifications interrupting yeah. my day exactly and then thinking about kind of just accessibility of people as a communicator, who can get hold of you? You don't need to be friends with everyone that friend requests you on Facebook. I share more personal stuff on Facebook. So after I've done a webinar or something, I sometimes get people trying to friend request me. I'm like, I don't know you. I'm really sorry. Like that, that is not an appropriate place for me to be friends with you. So I try to kind of like establish boundaries. And I think that's really important, especially if you're maybe in a bigger church or actually there needs to be a bit of a distance and it's important to think about safeguarding for yourself and for others that actually maybe it's not appropriate for you to be friends with everyone more just of a thing of actually they're not going to leave you alone and they're going to constantly kind of um harass you for something 
they're complaining about, which does take me on to kind of my final point of complaints and pastoral relations. Do make it clear to your church family or publicly that complaints need to be done through formal channels like an email where things can be tracked and sort of monitored. They should not message you on Facebook Messenger because that is not appropriate or healthy for us. And I think also having like people will, even if they know that they're not meant to, whether we've been clear or not, people will do that. Yeah. But I think having a plan for Mm. if that happens, do you say, I'm going to pass this on to the pastor and he will get back to you? Or do you say your message needs to go here and send them there? And it's great to have procedures in place for that. Yeah. I think anything that can take the thought out is better, but at the same time, handling it with sensitivity, because if it is a really sensitive, timely message, then it might be that you pick up the phone to the pastor and say, you need to deal with this Mm. because sending back a message saying, yeah, could you just email that to the pastor might come across as really insensitive or yeah, might have other ramifications. Mm. And that's something I think you can only work out those procedures, not on your own as a comms person, but in collaboration and in discussion with your church leadership. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll share the link for First Friday in the show notes where Mike and I kind of go into all of this in a bit more depth. Um, and hopefully, yeah, that's helpful in sort of expanding that. Yeah. And then just stepping back a little bit from the day to day and thinking about some sort of bigger picture things. One thing is really important to remember that, and and this certainly isn't only the case for comms roles, but things are seasonal you know if your role in the church as a communicator is unhealthy for you it might be appropriate to step down or think about changing the nature of your role and what Mm. that looks like Um, if it's taking over your life then maybe the church needs to consider whether that needs to be a part-time or full-time role but it's it's okay to think about these things it's okay to acknowledge it might be the time to change and again this is discussion with with your church leadership um it might be that comms isn't the best fit for you mm-hmm. or it might be that you're not the best fit for the role and i think we need to be open to having those discussions both ways and to be receptive um even when it's really difficult you know if if the role is something that you enjoy if it's something potentially that you find some identity in but the church doesn't think you're doing a good job check your attitude of whether mm-hmm. if that was presented to you in a helpful way and a loving way by the church how are you going to respond to that I think if you're going to respond badly, then it might show that it's taken a bit too much of your identity. But at the same time, you shouldn't feel pressured to have to do the role forever just because there's not really anyone else in the church who could who could do it or who could do yeah. as good a job. Um, that's that's not what church service is about. And we touched a little bit on this when we spoke with Laura Trenier a few episodes back about mm. being servant-hearted in in the work and maybe having, as a default even in the church, this idea that every servant role is for a year and then almost comes under review that you're only ever committing for a year Mm. and I think what comes with that is just holding things lightly and then we've we mentioned rest on the small scale but just on the bigger scale rest is so important Mm. um resting in Christ but also physical rest mental rest I found the late Tim Keller really helpful on this Mm. He had a uh, a sermon that was put out as a podcast, which we'll link in the show notes on rest and how it looks different for different people, that there are different types of rest. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a really practical list and I'd really recommend listening to that podcast. 
Yeah. I've also enjoyed and found a lot of value in the book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And I was recommending it to me and someone said, oh, he did a podcast, I think, end of 2019 or so mm. called Fight, Hustle and Hurry. And I've just started listening to that. And that is, again, the sort of trying to um, take a focus on where your heart is of resting in in the Lord rather than just, oh, I've got to hustle all the time kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to listen to Yeah, and I think that there are some really great Christian books out there on serving without sinking and on, yeah, just the approach to serving in the church. And that can be a difficult thing, but there's lots of good resources as well as good secular resources on habits and things which are helpful and unhelpful. And that's going to be different for everyone, but it's it's good to consider it for yourself. And then again, we've mentioned prayer, but this goes for what you can do as well. It's not just people praying for you. Mm. You need to be praying for yourself. Um, you need to be praying for your work. Um, obviously, your daily personal devotions are integral to your spiritual walk, but it will also have a direct impact on your service to God in the church and your attitude towards it. You know, If you're not in a good place with your reading, with your prayer, then you're probably going to feel more resentful when that email comes in last minute about something that you need to produce or publicize. And I think it's really easy to slip into this space of we have to do this alone, we have to do this in our own power. Um, whereas prayer is a really helpful reminder that we're completely reliant on God for, for all of this. You know, if the Lord doesn't build the house, then those who build it labor in vain. Mm. We can only do any work in the church or in life um, with, with his help. Yeah. So take time off. It's not even that it's important, it is vital. And being organized and doing things in advance can help with this. And building that into your schedule and your plan mm. and, you know, so that you know it, but also other people know it so that actually they're not expecting things from you. So the things that we've talked about in terms of the comms plan and scheduling yeah, exactly. can help to regulate your yeah. what your week looks like and make sure you've got time for rest. Yeah, definitely. So regulating it and, and yeah, having that plan within your work routine is so important. And, you know, just don't overthink it and take a day. If that's what you need, take a day. And actually take them regularly. Jesus took rest, so it's okay. Mm. We need to pace ourselves. It's not life or death. And with that, we have reached the end of series two. Woo! <laughs> We're not ending on some sort of epic cliffhanger to make you come back for series three. But we do just want to say a big thank you for being a part of a small but hopefully growing community of those looking to improve their church comms. We hope that we have provided value, ideas, inspiration, a bit of wisdom, though, to be honest, that's mostly from our guests, <laughs> and maybe even a bit of lighthearted entertainment. We'll be taking our own advice and having a short break now before we get back into recording series three. Yeah, practicing what we preach, yeah. hopefully, as, as usual. In the meantime, you can message us on hello at gppodcast.uk if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover. We're already putting together an exciting list of episodes for the next series. We're looking forward to that. But one thing we want to ask really specifically is for you to think of one or two people that you can share the podcast with. You know, they don't have to be in church comms roles. In fact, it might even be better if they're not, if their church doesn't necessarily have comms roles. Mm. Um, so share the podcast with those in churches who could benefit from what is hopefully our down-to-earth advice for people who are just getting started or taking those next steps on the comms journey. Because we want to get these tips into the hands of as many people as possible 
and see God helping us all to use comms and digital to grow his kingdom for his glory. So do share on and we will see you in a bit for series three.